Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I want to begin by telling you a little story I heard. I've been wanting to tell you for weeks, and so I'll, I'll tell you now. It's the story of a bus driver and the preacher. Uh, they die at the same time. And they go to heaven, and St. Peter is showing them around. Peter's always showing everybody around in heaven. You know the stories. Peter takes the bus driver as the preacher's following behind and shows him his mansion on a hill, and it's beautiful. And the bus driver says, for me? And Peter says, that's the mansion the Lord's prepared for you. And the preacher is saying, excellent. If that's what he's getting, wow, what's mine going to look like? Well, Peter then escorts him down the way of peace, and Peter brings him to a shack, kind of a dumpy place. And Peter says, wait a minute. Or the preacher says, wait a minute, how can that be? The bus driver gets the place, this nice place, and I get this little shack. And Peter said, yeah, well, His ministry was a lot more effective than yours because when you preached, the people slept. But when he drove, everybody prayed. John John 8. And uh, you got your pen? Got your pad? You got your Bible? John 8. And I want to begin by, I don't know, making a statement. I was going to call it a question, but it's more like a statement. Um, And the statement is, is there any doubt in anyone's mind that we live in a dark, dark, dark world? Uh, Even this week, uh, if you all heard the story of Antoinette Tuff, Raise your hand if you heard that story. All right, now, that's only a few of y'all. I'm going to say it again, because last service, they did the same thing. And then I'm telling the story, and then everybody raises their hand. Raise your hand if you heard the story about Antoinette Tuff. All right? Okay, then it's just a few of y'all. Now, don't act like you know what I'm talking about once I start telling you, okay? Because that's what happened last time. Burn me up, all right? Antoinette Tuff is the bookkeeper of the school district in Georgia. And she changed her schedule with a co-worker. She wasn't supposed to be working that day, but she changed her schedule with a co-worker. And that day that she was working, a 20-year-old male with mental disorders uh, comes in, and he was off of his medication. He walks into the Atlanta Elementary School with 500 rounds of ammunition and said, I don't have anything to live for. And he shot a, a bullet in the, in the floor. Y'all know that story? Y'all know that story? Okay. There's more of y'all this time than there was in last. 
you did it. So he shoots a bullet into the floor and says, I don't have anything to live for. And Miss Tuff um, talked to him, and she told him that she understood. And this was just on Tuesday. I was watching Anderson Cooper, and uh, just on Tuesday. And, and, and she talked to him, and she told him that she understood because she was recently divorced after 26 years and that she had a son with multiple disabilities. And this woman talked kindly to Michael Hill and told him to put down his gun. And she said, Michael, if you don't put down the gun, the police are going to light this place up and we're going to all be killed. And she told him, it's going to be all right, sweetie. Go, go look at the news stories, all on CNN and the Washington Post and the Huffington Post. And it's everywhere. She said, and they wrote that, that, that down, that she said, it's going to be all right, sweetie. I just want you to know, she said, that God loves you and I love you. And I love that statement by her. God loves you and I love you. And she said, it's okay. We all have hard times. And I listened to a story, and I, even yesterday while I was doing some preparation for this sermon, did you know that there have been 271 incidences of discharge of a firearm at a school infrastructure, including private schools and universities? Uh, very interesting, the research is from, I looked it up, from 1760 to 2013, Tuesday, right to Tuesday, 271. And get this, in 1760, there was one shooting recorded. In 1853, in 1863, in 1874, in 1884, in 1890, 11. And I did the math, in half the 1800s and all of the 1900s, get this, there was 182 school shootings from 2000, listen to me close, from 2000 to 2013, we have already had 89 school shootings. It seems that things are getting darker and darker, doesn't it? And there's no question we live in a dark world, no question at all. And it seems darker today than it ever has, although it isn't, because dark is dark and black is black. And I don't think the darkness seems darker today because people seem to be running from the darkness more today. That's why it seems that way, because they're running from the darkness more today. What they don't understand is when you run from the darkness, you're running right into a deeper darkness, running to the darkness of the sorrow of sin, running to the darkness of hopelessness and purposelessness running to the darkness of loneliness and separation, running and plunging into the darkness of sex and drugs in our culture, spirit worship and devil worship, which ultimately leads to suicide. Listen, if you continue to run in darkness, the only place left to run is to the final ultimate escape, which is eternal darkness. And that's the bad news. Now, here's the good news. Although there is incredible darkness in the world, there's also incredible light in the world. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. And who would that be, Pastor Rodney? J-E-S-U-S. Come on, clap your hands. I think of 1 John. You know you were with me in John. John, the Gospel of John 9, 
tells us that Jesus gives light to every man that comes in the world. So according to the Bible, listen to me close, God has revealed himself to the world through the light that has come into the world. And God has revealed himself through creation. And God has revealed himself through his word. And God has revealed the light through Jesus as Savior. In chapter 3, verse 19, it tells us that men love darkness, anybody know? Rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. So men love darkness and God loves men. Light is an incredible thing. Light speed is 186,000 miles per second. Light is powerful. You don't have to defend it, and you can't fight against it. Light is unstoppable. All you have to do is release it and let it do what it does. Light makes its own way, and darkness can't hold on to it. Well, we come to chapter 8. Were you with me last week in chapter 8? Raise your hand if you're with me in chapter 8. Most of you know that the Holy Spirit records for us a tremendous sermon here in chapter 8 as Jesus makes an astounding, amazing, shocking, surprising claim. I love chapter 8. Chapter 8 is my favorite chapter. I said that about chapter 7 too, didn't I? I also said that about chapter 6, didn't I? Okay, so we'll just conclude that whatever chapter I'm currently teaching, that is my favorite chapter, okay? For then, next week, I'll be in a different favorite chapter. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I've titled this sermon, Jesus, the light of the world. Saints, John chapter 8, we pick up in verse 12. We actually looked a little bit at verse 12 last week, but I want to pick up in verse 12 because I got some more to tell you in in verse 12. And then we'll read down to verse 20, come back and have some comments, all right? John chapter 8, beginning in verse 12. If you're looking at verse 12, say, I'm looking at it. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, come on, read it with me. I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Well, then the Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. And Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I came from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone. I am with the Father who sent me. It's written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. He's the other. And then they said to him, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you neither know me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And these words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him for What? Come on, read that with me. For his hour had not yet come. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. We're six months away from the crucifixion and the cross of Jesus. The scribes and the Pharisees are trying to trap him. Were you with me last week? They bring a woman caught in the very act of adultery. They throw her down before Jesus and they said, what should we do with her? Moses' law commands that we stone her. What do you say? And they thought they had Jesus in a dilemma because he said, if he said stone her, the Romans would arrest him and put him to death. 
On the other hand, if he said, let her go free, the people would have said, you can't be from God. You can't be the Messiah because you're contradicting Moses. So they thought they had him locked on the horns of dilemma. Didn't we talk about it? But I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jesus is smarter than them. I need more than two people to say amen. (laughs) Y'all act like y'all don't know. Jesus is smarter than them. I love it. He turned that thing around, didn't he? And he said, go ahead and cast a stone. Whichever one of you that never sinned cast a stone. And they all walked away. And Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, they're not here. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And we've pointed out that Jesus is the only one who could cast a stone. Did we talk about that last week? That Jesus is the only one who could cast a stone at this woman because he was the only one without sin. When Jesus bore our sins on the cross, forgiveness was possible. And that's why Jesus could say, you're forgiven, go sin no more, because Jesus bore the punishment of that woman caught in adultery. Jesus bore the punishment of Michael Hill, 500 rounds of ammunition. Jesus bore the punishment for Antoinette Tuff. And Jesus bore the punishment for you and for me on the cross. And Jesus said to that woman, in effect, on the basis of the death that I will die for you, you are forgiven, go sin no more. And I love it, been sticking in my head all week. Jesus said to her, woman, where are your accusers? That word woman has been sticking in my head all week. Woman, why you ask? Because maybe nobody's ever called her a woman. Remember, she was a town lady. All the men knew her. Y'all get me? You get me? You don't get me. You get me? Oh, okay, you get me. And Jesus said, woman. See, Jesus raises people respect. You understand what I mean? Women's liberals say, oh, Jesus is a male show. Jesus and Paul, the apostle, male chauvinistic pigs. Jesus Jesus is not pushing women down. Jesus raises people up. Women, black people, white people, any people, he raises them up. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. He gives a woman respect and dignity. And he said, woman, that was a beautiful thing. And the endearing thing he said to her, Woman, go away and don't sin anymore. Maybe that was the first time she ever heard anybody call her woman. She probably heard people call her a lot of other stuff, but woman? And I think of Antoinette Tuff when she said to Michael Hill, she says, sweetie, read the newspapers. It says she used those words, sweetie, put your gun down, sweetie. I love you and God loves you. And, and, and nobody's going to hate you because he was saying they're going to hate me. And she said, nobody's going to hate you. Sweetie, put your gun down. Maybe that's the first time that boy ever heard that word. You got to understand how far love goes. You got to understand, I told you before, that legalism kills. If Antoinette Tuff was a legalistic person, there'd have been a whole bunch of dead people this week. And a whole bunch of crying people because legalism kills. Say amen. Amen. But because grace and a soft answer turns away wrath, everybody lives. Am I right about it? Everybody lives. 
So in our text, all the accusers turned away and walked away devastated. Well, then in verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, I want you to fast forward to verse 20 in your Bibles and look at it again. These words Jesus spoke in the where? Treasury as he taught. So we know that Jesus is in the area of the temple treasury and in the area known as the court of the women. So you have the temple treasury and then you have the, this area called the court of the women. And it's called the court of the women because only women could go into this area. On the temple mount, there were many courts. There was the court of the Gentiles and the court of the women and the court of the priests and, and, and even different priests and the court of the women. And so it's in the temple treasury. This is where Jesus is at this time. And I failed to tell you a, a few weeks back as we began in chapter 7, talking about the Feast of the Tabernacles, they would, on the first day of the feast, on the evening of the first day of the feast, they would have a ceremony called the illumination of the temple. And that was a time when it became dark. These four huge candelabras were lit. And it was said that these lit candelabras had such a blaze of light that the blaze of light went throughout all of Jerusalem and every courtyard would be lit up with brilliance. And the light was a reminder of God's leading people, leading the people in the wilderness in a pillar of fire at night. It also reminded them of the Shekinah glory of God that dwelt in the tabernacle. Saints, I'm trying to help you get the scene that it's with this strong visual backdrop that Jesus makes the claim, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, you taking notes? Light is one of the three things that God is said to be. John chapter 4, verse 24, we are told God is spirit. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, we are told God is love. John 4, 24, God is spirit. 1 John 4, 8, we are told God is love. And 1 John 1, 5, we're told that God is light. And all of these express the nature of God and what he is in himself. Now, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, understand something, this blew the mind of every Jew in earshot. It blew their mind because they understood that these words, I am the light of the world, these words related to two messianic prophecies. One I'm going to leave you to read on your own. It's in Isaiah 42, verse 6. And then the other I have for you on the screen, Isaiah 49, 6, relate to two messianic prophecies. Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So the Jew knew God was going to send a light to the nations. And the rabbis knew God was going to send a light to the nations. As a matter of fact, the rabbis said the name of the Messiah is light. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he's saying, I am Israel's Messiah. Did you get that? And not just Israel's Messiah. I am the Messiah to the nations with an S. To all people. Now, why did Jesus call himself the light. 
Why is Jesus called the light? Well, for many reasons. To the darkness of falsehood, he is the light of truth. To the darkness of ignorance, he's the light of wisdom. To the darkness of impurity, he's the light of holiness. To the darkness of sorrow, he's the light of joy. To the darkness of death, he's the light of life. He's called the light because the world is dark and the antithesis of darkness is light. He's everything the world isn't. Am I right about it? Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Jesus is everything the world isn't. Light in the Bible, I'm trying to help you learn something, listen. Light in the Bible represents or is symbolic of the word of God. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light is on the screen. Come on, y'all read it with me. Your word is a lamp to my feet. I need everybody to read it with me. It's on the screen. Your word, come on, your word is a lamp to my feet. Wait for me. Read it with me, come on. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word puts a light on your eyes and you see the path you're walking on. Psalm 119, 130, write it down. The entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. Jesus says, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. In other words, saints, listen, following Jesus is more than tagging along behind him. Say amen. amen. Following Jesus means you're joining yourself to him. Would y'all get that? Following Jesus means you are joining yourself to him. And when you join yourself to him, you have him as the light of life. Jesus says, whoever follows me will have the light. So following Jesus means, watch this, you get him as your light. If you follow Jesus, he says, I'm yours. I'm your shepherd. You ought to be happy about that. I'm your shepherd. I'm your, I'm your sacrifice. I'm your living water, your bread from heaven, your God. I am your light. Before Christ, we're all blind to the light. I know I was. And you'll know my story. January 22nd, 1982. I was blind to the light. I started doing drugs when I was nine years old. You know my story. I started doing drugs when I was nine years old, junior high, high school, doing drugs, right up to three years in the military, doing drugs, all kinds of drugs. I walked around with a gray haze over my eyes for most of my life that I could remember as a young child and young man. January 22nd, 1982. January 23rd, 1982, is when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And literally, I'm telling you, I felt as if God peeled something gray off of my eyes because all of a sudden I could see clear. All of a sudden, the sky looked blue where I had never really saw a blue sky before. The sky looked like it, had, like, like it always has smog in it. You get me? Even if I was like down south where they got clean air. You know, Philly, we don't have clean air. <laughs> Amen. So you, it is smog. But where I was clean, it's like everything was gray. But when Jesus came into my life, 
And then he filled me with his Holy Spirit. He peeled this film off my eyes, it felt like, and I could see the blue sky, and I could see the green grass, and I could see the brown dirt. I tell this story all the time because it's true. And my life changed. And before you were a Christian, the same thing is true for you. You might not have the same experience, but the same thing is true for you in that you have a film over your eyes. You don't see clearly when you're not a Christian. But when you become a Christian, God removes those blinders and you can see the light. And then your eyes, the eyes of your heart is open, and then a divine light floods in, and we have the light of life. The light comes from new spiritual eye-opening life. That's the life that Jesus gives. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.